millions of Americans own a personal computer. If you're one of them, you can now glimpse the future with nothing more than a modem, a phone line, and a few dollars a month. With the A and then the ring around it? At? Case that she thought it was about. Just what is this main artery of the information superhighway? It will replace the yellow pages as we know it today. I'm now waiting for the computer to answer me. But it's very hip to be on the internet right now. What is internet anyway? Things are starting to happen. Things are starting to happen. You need to be on the first page of relevant search terms to be found. <laughs> Sounds easy, right? Hello and welcome back to the Market Like Emma podcast, where your friendly team of geeks at Extra Mile Marketing are helping modern marketers become 2020 ready before it's too late. In the office today, we have Abby Vansel, our account supervisor and certified digital marketing geek. Abby is EMM's trusted technician. She ensures all of our digital marketing runs smoothly online by taking a look under the hood of websites, landing pages, social media campaigns, and everything in between. Abby, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, Jesse. Excited to talk about websites. Yeah, good to hear. Uh, so let's start off how every great podcast starts off, I think, which is a disaster story. So one of our clients recently came to us hoping to boost their search engine results. But you found a much bigger problem uh, lurking under their website. Can you tell me about that? Sure. I was first introduced to this client because they wanted to see higher search um, results in Google and Bing. And so we began first working with them by trying to update a few things that we would normally do to enhance their website for being optimized for search. But after poking around a little bit further, we realized um, what we would normally typically do just for standard baseline SEO, I guess, factors, you would say, like updating some of the title tags and updating some of the images and updating the content and all that stuff. None of what we were doing was making any progress on the site whatsoever. So we use some additional SEO tools that we have to take a deeper look at the, the backside of the, of the code as well as try and find you know, what else was going on. And after looking under the hood, we would say, um, we found several other factors that were really affecting their rankings, which was number one, the code was really sloppy. So they had multiple JavaScript so files, more than 20 CSS files, um, a lot of bugs. Um, and it also wasn't a mobile-friendly site. So Google is constantly changing its search engine um, algorithm to figure out which sites to best dish up or serve up to people who are looking for different things. And with mobile being such a big player right now um, for search engines, Google wants to make sure that the people who that they are sending to your site can have a good experience because it looks bad upon them if you leave. So that was just, you know, all of those things in combination were just making it a poor experience for the visitor. Had a super slow loading time, hosted outside the U.S., but was a local company. Um, so... What we found out was that just by taking a, by fixing all these things, it would actually be more time intensive than just rebuilding the site. You know, it, it, with development, it's something that's broken. You're not exactly sure. You didn't build it. You don't know what's wrong with it. And you're just trying to fix it. Well, it's interesting. So it was, it was more cost effective to totally rebuild their website than to try to uh, repair what they already had. Yeah, so every website is different, um, but for this one, it, it definitely was just because of the number of files that were there and would have to be rewritten, condensed, minified, um, also because of um, 
it wasn't exactly mobile optimized. So instead of just starting, instead of just trying to fix and then see if that chain was overwritten somewhere else because they had so many different style sheets, things like that, we just thought, let's just start from scratch, build it from the ground up so that we can ha um, enable it for, for search engine optimization. Let's, let's start with good content and uh, make sure that it has a, a fast loading time, all that, because there are so many different factors with the one website that would have taken a lot longer to, to fix and then reassess rather than just build it. Yeah, and it definitely makes sense from, you know, a small, medium business's perspective. They might see that this agency can do all the cool cosmetic stuff, make it look pretty, but really what's the point of a website if it can't show up in search, if it has slow load times, if it's just a bad user experience, so... Yeah, and I will say that's one of the number one things Google is looking is looking for now is a, um, an overall user experience because that's what they care about. So there's so many factors that go into that just beyond um, you know mobile design and and, and fast loading. Also, they they take into account how people are interacting with your your website. So how long do they stay on there? Do they leave? If it's not, and that's one of the reasons why they initially they added that new rule, I guess, for um, mobile, having sites that are mobile optimized is because their mobile visitors were clicking on websites that were taking too long to load or they couldn't find what they wanted. And so they would leave. Um, and Google mm -hmm. just wants to make it as easy as an experience as possible for their own customers. That makes sense. So in that blog you mentioned that you wrote, um, you outlined some questions that these uh, businesses can ask their their development agency before they hire them to make sure that they actually know what they're doing to make a lasting website. So I thought um, it'd be fun to ask you those questions and see how you'd respond and how um, our team at Extra Mile uh, would answer these questions. Put me to the test, huh? <laughs> All right, yeah. So our first question is, what will be your, your approach to creating content for the site? So our approach in general, speaking for Extra Mile, um, is to always start with a messaging framework because we really feel that if you don't nail the messaging, you're not going to really sell anything. You can put a lot of pretty pictures on your website, but if no one knows what you sell and what problems you solve, especially if you're in the B2B space, you're going to lose um, a lot of potential customers. Mm -hmm. So the first start for us would be to begin with the messaging framework, which includes, um, it, it's kind of the overall document that has your lead messaging, your key messaging, your talks about your benefits, advantages, and features for a product. Um, yeah, it's kind of just like a catalog of messaging that you can use in different places um, that's organized so that it's easy to apply across the board. Right. And it also dives down into understanding your target audience mm -hmm. and understanding and making sure that the content is relevant to them and resonates because if it doesn't resonate, <laughs> then it's, it, you might not even write anything at all. And then from there, once you have the messaging, you can go through and help inform your design, your layout, uh, pictures, all that sort of stuff. So content first, that's the benchmark. Mm-hmm. And what does your team do to stay current with SEO? Oh my gosh, there's so many things. <laughs> um, so first of all would be just staying on top of the, the tools that Google has available. Mm -hmm. Also going to conferences, reading different articles, educate, just seeing what other people are doing. And then also testing. So yeah, when you have your own website, yeah, trial and error, see what works, see what doesn't. 
And like I said, with Google tools, you can always see what searches you're getting traffic for, which ones you're not, and adjust. Because SEO isn't really, is not a hard hard science. It's really more testing, seeing what works, what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just a set of, you know, you do this, 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 and you're guaranteed search engine results. It's really pretty fluid and um, it changes every day. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so our final question for you, our quiz question is, what is your strategy for leading website visitors to purchase? This one's tough because, again, there's no one-size-fits-all approach. So this is kind of what I always um, start off with is tr- with our clients is ask them, what are your goals? So are you with your website in particular, are you do you serve a B2B, so business-to-business audience, or are you more business-to-consumer? Um, do you sell products to your site or is your, do you do most of your sales through your sales team? Whatever that looks like, we try and map that to a customer journey. So for example, right now we're doing a dentist website, a local dentist website and our strategy here. So he doesn't really sell anything, but what the quote unquote purchase would be is new, um, new patients. So for him, what we really want to do is is guide the visitor to getting going through all the different stages of the customer journey. So here's here's my proof points. Here's why. Here's all my um, accreditation. Here's the five star reviews on Yelp and Google, and then have calls to action to book an appointment online or to contact their team. So for mobile, we have. A navigation that ha- allows you to call directly after going to the website just by clicking on um, an easy point in the navigation. We have different points to call throughout the website and different places to click mm-hmm. to the form. Just things like that. Whereas if you were to sell, if you're, you were to be more of a B2B client and you ha- actually sell something on your website... We might have more educational pieces on there, especially if it's a technical solution that will really guide the the prospect in understanding what it is that you provide, what pain points you solve, yeah. and then address some of those higher level concerns, especially when it's a bigger purchase. Um, they want more information to dive into and make sure that that it's a, it's a good decision to make. But even in both realms, B2B and B2C, call to actions, I've found are really key and we've seen websites that don't really tell the visitor what's next. So they get to the homepage and they see some fluffy messaging, but they don't really know what they're supposed to do next because there's no learn more or buy now or what have you to lead them to the next uh, stage of the customer journey. So Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point. So always, always include different calls to action, especially for mobile visitors too. Because it's a lot easier than go scrolling up and down the page a hundred times, going mm-hmm. to click on the navigation. If you give them some content, a little call to action to learn more that goes to a different section of the site and, and leads them through that journey, that, that's just going to create an overall better customer experience. Uh, but always guide them to what you want them to do next. If, if you don't have a way to purchase online, make it easy to submit a contact form to email your team yeah. uh, or call your sales team, whatever, whatever it is. What yeah. Well, that's all great information, Abby. Thanks so much for those tips. You can find our exclusive ebook for modern B2B marketers at extramilemarketing.com slash 2020-ready. Stay tuned for the next episode of Market Like Emma, when we'll talk to our favorite project manager, Jessica Stevenson, about how to use blogs to make your company stand out in a crowd. Until then, 
I'm Jesse Webb, and this has been Market Like Emma.